The following movie has been rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America. Some material may be inappropriate for young children. Parents may wish to consider whether it should be viewed by those under 13. Ken, what do you remember about Can't Buy Me Love? Yeah, this one I think I remember a lot. So, Stacy, so Patrick Dempsey plays a nerdy uh, kid in high school. He's probably a junior, maybe, I would say, sophomore. And uh, he, like, I don't know if he has a single mom or, you know, he has a, a lower middle class family. He's mowing lawns to make money. But he's in love with this girl from his high school, like the it girl, Stacy Mancini. And she has a party and he's saving up money for like college or a rocket. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, something 80s. Yeah. She uh, has a party at her house and has this suede jacket that she borrows from her mom's closet that's like $1,000. And she spills wine on it and ruins it. And there's one, and she goes to the mall to replace it, but it's like too expensive. So Patrick Dempsey says he'll pay her the money for the jacket if she pretends to go out with him and make him popular, and she does. Holy shit! You remembered yeah. every beat of that movie. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I remember. I, I, there's really nothing I can add, or that I, you know, I would have said the bare bones of that. Like he was a he's a dork. His parents don't care about him. They're poor-ish. They're poor yeah. enough. And that he he has money um, and he just pays her, but I thought it was like a car related thing. I didn't remember the jacket at all, um, <laughs> or she wanted to go on like a trip or something, and her parents wouldn't let her, so he was going to give her the money, something like that. Um, it's like Axl Rose's jacket in like the Paradise City video. Oh, I remember now that you said it. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Not a fucking asshole. Um, the thing I do remember is he invents the dance, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, African, yeah, he's uh, he's watching the yes. right because he's such a dork and he doesn't know how to dance, so he's watching. He just imitates a Nature Channel video and creates a dance craze, yeah. K- kind of like the dinosaur, if I recall, right? Like, remember yeah, everybody, kinda. everybody do the dinosaur. There's a lot of yeah, a lot like of that. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of Jennifer. Uh, a lot of gyration. <laughs> a lot of uh, Rosie Perez at the beginning of Do the Right Thing. So we did pretty good, I think. Or yeah, you, I think you, so. You did pretty good. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I even like through, halfway through the movie watching it yesterday, I thought her name was Stacy instead of Cindy. Yeah, in fact, I didn't even notice that that's what you said. <laughs> I thought it was just correct because... Stacy Mancini just sounds better, but... I, I is Stacy Mancini from another movie? Is that possible? Maybe. Or Stacy Carosi from Saved by the Bell. Maybe, maybe that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that might be what I was thinking of. That's what's her name, right? From uh, King of Queens. Yes. Yeah. Leah Remini. Yeah. God. Oof. I can't remember names anymore. I'm really losing it. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that was a, a fairly accurate um, remembrance. I think. Yeah. I remember, even watching it, I remembered it quite a bit. And I think it'll probably be the the most accurate one we do. I I don't think there's any other movie on the list that I recall where I could I could nail every beat of the movie. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Ah, all right. Well, this is the Cyberbullies colon feature presentation. This week's movie, Can't Buy Me Love, released August 14th, 1987. So, Ken, want to talk about sort of stars and trivia? Kick things off? If you want to do, we have folios with Florio. Oh, I I forgot. You told me and I forgot. Yeah. All all right. Let me. uh, I I even was ready with the theme song and I still forgot (laughs) somehow. 
of the Amitri. The Fellowship of the Amitri. All right, I gotta go back and find it now. <laughs> of the, the Amitri. Version. Yeah, it it's. It, I'm doing it on Google Music this time, and it still doesn't sound right. It sounds better okay. than Spotify, mm-hmm. but there's something up, and it was really loud, so I'm trying to fix it. I forgot, now we have video. We have to do the... I, I, for, I forgot the dance. You reminded me. Uh, all right. So... Crossing over from the cyberbullies to feature presentations, right. folio and I for didn't folio. know. I didn't know friends of, of the cyberbullies, Tom Flory, would be sending us emails. But you know, everybody's bored, so why not? Yeah, I mean, what does he have to do? So here's Tom's email on uh, episode two, which was Pulse. He titles the uh, email Pulse colon the musical, which <laughs> I don't know if he thought the movie was called Pulse. With a D, but I think that's funny. <laughs> or is that the sequel that's like a like it's all musical right. version? Yes. He said, nice job on episode two of your new venture. I especially enjoyed how Ken sounded like he was pulsed into the broadcast. It really set the mood. When Kyle brought up the absurdity of the guy staring at the radio while listening, I realized I had been staring at my laptop. I listened to YouTube for talk, so I'm so meta. You want to talk how quickly and far Damone's career was derailed. 1983, Styx's Kilroy was here tour. Before each show, they'd play a nine-minute film setting up the rock opera we were about to see played out on stage. It's awful. Damone has a very brief, inconsequential role in that film only two years after Fast Times, and it had come to that. For your consideration, I'm hoping your list of films includes some or any of the following, or maybe when you've completed your current list, which I don't think will ever happen, you can make the next round. When I think of this that era, these are the movies I remember seeing that are all so bad they're good. Deadly Friend, which I don't remember that one. It's not on our list. Sleepaway Camp, which yeah, a better podcast than ours has already done. <laughs> uh, Last American Virgin, which I don't know if that's on ours. It's is that not, with Cruz? No, that's like... Or is that the one with, with Kelly Leak? Yes. I, he might be okay. in it. He's not the main character, but he might be in it. But that's 80, okay. that's 80 or 81. I think that's slightly before yeah. most of the ones we're, we're talking about. Night of the Creeps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Hot know that one. Moves, which I've never heard of. <laughs> Private Resort, which I think that's oh, Eugene Levy. Yeah, I've definitely no, no, right? uh, no. But I know what you're talking about. Oh, is that the oh, one okay. with him? I Shit. think so. He has I've... a big bag of weed that he's trying to sell. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, no, like that's a big is... garbage bag full. Is that, Cl- that was Private Resort. or is that Club Paradise? Oh, that's Club Paradise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's blackface in Club Paradise, if I recall. Oh god. Which I think Robin Williams does. Which you know, not great. Uh, no, no. Pri- Private Resort was was a that's like an eighty that's like eighty four that's like a hard bodies type movie. Oh, okay, all right. Vaguely sexy. P.S. I don't remember much about Can't Buy Me Love, but I do remember it has a slow cap clap, which he's right. I did not remember that, and I was I almost couldn't believe it was happening when it happens in the movie because it seems almost like it's being done ironically, and then it's not. It's actually there. No, it's not yeah. at all. It's it's fascinating. Uh, and the guy that does that, uh, we're not. I mean, we're gonna get I into him. Remember him as uh, he was the catcher in this, the uh, major league sequel. Yeah, of course. He, yeah, he, that's he, all I Moose, know Moose, and or he's also in an episode of Nine Hundred Two and Yeah, he has Rube, like Baker. Yeah, Rube, of course, of course, right on the nose. Uh, so in episode two, just to recap, we watched Pulse. Oh yeah, right. Not Pulse, present tense Pulse. <laughs> Although I mean, it could have been about a deadly blender. 
<laughs> uh, I'd say we liked it. Yeah. Uh, we, we asked questions such as, how did the Pulse work? And <laughs> Joey Lawrence. Is Robert Romanus the most underrated actor of all time? <laughs> I, I feel like he's in the conversation. I mean, I'm being dead serious. Like I found me too. I can't think of 10 other people, I, maybe 10 at most, who are as underrated, who just like are in movies, they kill it every time, but never got huge. Yeah, yeah. He's great. I love him. So the movie we chose for episode three is 19, or 1987's Can't Find Me Love. Yeah. It stars Patrick Dempsey as Ronald Miller. Uh, you know, mega stars in Grey's Anatomy, Loverboy. Uh, this also stars... <laughs> His two biggest credits. This also stars Amanda, Peters- Amanda Peterson as Cindy Mancini. Uh, she was in Explorers. Annie sadly died in 2015 as an, of an accidental drug overdose. Yeah, that was sad. I didn't realize she had fallen. I remember when she passed away that it was not good, but I didn't realize. It's just shocking. So how old do you think they are in this movie? Their actual ages. Well, that I, I, I knew she was like 23 or 4, I think. She was 15. Oh, I thought her age. I no. Thought I, did the math. I thought she was like 60, uh, 64 or something. No. She was she she's like my brother's age which oh it's so dempsey was 20 all the all the other women are in their early to mid 20s all the guys are in their mid 20s yeah they look cool and she's 15 so I, I don't know how to feel about this movie now knowing that but oh i know i know i was shocked she was born in 73 yeah it was something like that yeah huh. or 72 maybe, maybe i'm wrong but i, I could have sworn that's what i read but maybe maybe, okay. I, maybe i'm losing my mind i'll go i'll look it up again in case i misread God. Uh, and this also stars a young Seth Green as Patrick Dempsey's little brother. He's in so many movies as a kid. I oh, forgot. I know. He's like it's so many, and he's funny. He's a perfect he's shithead yeah. little brother, right? Which were prevalent in all these movies. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. I know. At some point, when we get through a bunch of these, we're gonna have to do like a Hall of Fame for them because, or a Mount Rushmore because there's the the little brother in a just one of the guys is maybe the best ever. Oh yeah, who ends up being yeah, who ends up being I think Mikey on Parker Lewis, right? Yes, yeah. yes, correct. All right, so what else do you have for us? All right, Ken, um, I don't really have too much trivia other than the one I just said. Although mm-hmm. there's one very special credit, I don't know if you noticed. Okay. Do you see who the choreography was by? Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul. <laughs> so she choreographed the African anteater ritual, among other things. Oh, she's qualified to do that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, she was, a, you know, one of the most popular um, choreographers of the '80s. She did. Yes, for she, sure. she did all of the uh, Rhythm Nation stuff with Janet Jackson mm-hmm. before she went solo, um, right. or right around the same time she went solo. Yeah. And as you and I have talked about, she has so many number one singles. Oh, it's ridiculous. It was like seven. It was it was absurd how many top ten songs she had. In like literally like a what a four year range? Yeah, eighty nine to maybe ninety three at the latest. Yeah, the latest. Yeah, because like Rush Rush maybe is the last one or no maybe it's one yeah, after one that. of those. That's I, that same album, I think. Yeah, I think there's one Probably album after girl. that. Yeah, I think there's the. I think there's a third album that has one single. I can't even remember. Oh, okay, now. but like, yeah. but that was like the last one. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, Amanda Peterson born July 8, 1971. Wow. Right? Actually, almost almost exactly my brother's age. It's his birthday today, actually. Huh. July 5th, 1971. Almost wow. on his way to the big 5-0. Yeah, so like in watching the movie, uh, we could talk about it more later in a minute, but it was just, I was like, she's so perfectly cast because she feels both like a high school student, clearly, mm-hmm. like realistic enough, but also she's attractive enough that it's like you get why everyone thinks she's absurdly beautiful, right? 
It was like right. a nice bat. And now I'm like, oh god, she's fucking fifteen. Watches, you know what I mean? I I really did think like at the end, I was like, shit. It's like, boy, they they tricked us. I don't know. Oh, I can't believe she's that young. I know. Crazy. I know. I mean, she does. They don't have sex. They don't. I. So I, I mean, yeah, have that for a later a thing. Senior. Right. Right. It, it's and the two women who play her friends are both twenty three and twenty four. Yeah, they're obviously older. <laughs> yeah, they see some mileage. Uh, wow. Huh. Yeah, it's um problematic. Well, we'll get to that later. So, so before, I think we should just right before we jump into the categories. Yeah. Uh, maybe just do like a quick recap of the movie. Oh yeah, I forgot to do so, the you you recap the plot so well in your original <laughs> guess. I didn't even think we had to recap it, but go ahead. So yeah, so he's his name's Ronald Miller. He's a a dork. He's a friend of dorks. He's a senior. <laughs> uh, he's he mows lawns. His parents aren't. They're like middle class, straight down the middle. I think. Yeah, it's it kind of you start the movie thinking he's going to be on the other side of the train tracks, and then he's not. Yeah, because he's really he's not. They have a yeah. nice house. Uh, yeah, you know his mom and dad. He has a little brother, Seth Green. He mows lawns for extra money. He's saving up to buy a telescope. And, but that made sense to me, right? Because that's the thing is where like he's regular middle class. Where like you're not going to spend a thousand dollars on anything. Like your parents aren't giving no. you a thousand dollars for any reason, right? No, yeah, no. you have to earn it yourself. Yeah. Uh, Cindy Mancini is the head cheerleader, the it girl of the school. Uh, she know he mows her lawns. Uh, her mom. Her, she's a single mom. Mom's wealthy, whether from her own money or from her ex-husband's money, whatever. It is. Yeah, they never really give her a backstory of like she's no. a, she's like a high-powered businesswoman because she's not around. So like you just assume yeah, that she's exactly. working all the time. She beats like these <laughs> zeros. Yeah, these goombas. Ugh. And then uh, so she goes to a party. She her, she wants to borrow her mom's suede coat. Her mom says no. She goes to a party. One of the goon jocks spills red wine on her. I love that. Uh, that's a subplot of the movie is that he likes wine. He likes he, it's so crazy. But he likes Ripple. He doesn't like real wine. It's yeah. hilarious. She goes to get the replacement at the mall. Which what are the odds that they have the exact same coat there still? I mean, I guess I fell for it. I kind of thought, oh, all right, like they they sell these. Like why wouldn't they have more than one? Yeah, uh, she obviously has no money. Ronald is buying the telescope. He go, heads over to the other side of the mall, sees her. Offers to pay her one thousand uh, dollars, so she can pay for a dress if she goes out with him for a month and pretends to be his girlfriend, so he be- can become popular. Right, he understands the social order so well that he's like, "I just need her to say I'm cool and I'll be cool. It doesn't matter if I'm actually." Which cool. she doesn't believe will work, but it obviously does. All the guys and girls that used to bully him uh, now befriend him. The girls want to be with him, so she starts to really like him for real. They have this fake big breakup. He becomes a douche. Starts to to date the girls in school. That's her friends. All the jocks love him. Meanwhile, he alienates his friends. They, uh, you know, don't understand what he's doing, but they kind of do. But they don't like it. He doesn't even talk to them. Yeah, because they, they're all they're alienated from him, right? Like they're no longer they don't they have Saturday night poker. He never shows up. Right. He and he just call doesn't anymore. explain what he's doing to them. He's like, I'm gonna run this social experiment. He doesn't tell them. This. Yeah, he just abandons his friends. Right. He, he's right. like, and I think we have a lot of questions about. What we think of that. Like, why didn't he just tell them what he was going to do? Mm-hmm. Unanswered so, questions. Uh, comes to a head. Uh, so Stacy doesn't like how he's acting. He's become a real jerk. Comes to a head on New Year's Eve where she uh, gets drunk, tells the whole school what she did. They immediately turn their back on Ronald. Of course. Uh, meanwhile, uh, one of his friends, Kenneth, tries to uh, befriend one of the popular girls in school. They go. The, one of the jocks picks on him. 
uh, Ronald Miller comes in, breaks it up, and gives the big speech. Yeah, maybe, go, maybe goes a little over the top, I would say, with the bat. A little bit. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> a little, beats, little bit. he beats a table with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> Noah bats an eye. That was a bit much. The 80s. You could do stuff like that. <laughs> I know. Like, nobody was even worried like, that he would go crazy and kill everyone. No. Uh, so he does that. Uh, he makes amends with everybody. He apologizes to Cindy. And the last scene of the movie is Cindy, Cindy realizes she really likes him and she hops on the back of his lawnmower and that's it. All right. So the first category is why did we like it? So in watching it again, I was struck like I have been with all of these in different ways that it does a really good job putting you in a familiar world. And maybe mm-hmm. because we're two white guys from the suburbs, but it's like I just like felt like I knew everything about the movie by watching five minutes of it. Right. I know who the people right. are. I know where we are. I know, like, what the rules are. You know, I like to have rules in these movies, so I know what's what, who's who. <laughs> you know the social scale. Yeah, exactly. I mean, truly, like, you just watch it. You go, okay. Like, if you're from one of these places or watch the 80s movie, you're – and I think it's intentional that you, you're you not supposed to, like, w- wonder or think, like, oh, what's going on here? Is this different? Is this, you know – you know, it's because, like, Stand and Deliver comes out the same year. And you know what I mean? You, you watch those two movies. Yeah. They're so specifically, like, urban and suburban. You can tell the difference right. between them. Right, Um, But I think – I think part of it is the acting. The main two actors are so good. If they're not right. good, that movie, the movie fails. Like you, you just need. And, and I think they're good, and the supporting actors are pretty bad. Right. Besides it, Seth Green. Yes, he's awesome. Um, Dennis Dugan plays the dad, and he's uh, so Dennis Dugan was like, he 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 got like a thousand chances in the eighties and seventies. He's in like the most failed pilots of all time. So if you go look at like shows that were on for one or two episodes in the seventies and eighties, he's in all of them. Um, and then he goes on to direct all the Adam Sandler movies. So like, he directed oh. like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, so he like made a career for himself. He's great in that one scene where he tells uh, the little kid to shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was that was great. Yeah, <laughs> but like everybody else is just the teacher. The old teacher's bad. The, the, the jocks are brutal. Oh. The girls, the, the friend girls are brutal. Now we we've skipped over one other key person in this movie who I didn't remember was in it. Mm-hmm. Gerardo. That's him, Rico Suave himself. Yeah, he plays oh, the the shit. Latin jock. Yeah, that's yeah, I know him. exactly who you're talking about. Oh, I couldn't believe you didn't say anything. He goes shirtless in the home ec class. Of course he does, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to believe he's not the most popular guy at the school, but because he's very yeah. attractive. Um, yeah, uh, but I think I think it it works at that level of like the two main characters are so well done, even though I don't honestly like how they're written. I think they're really good. They're just charismatic, good actors. And so they're fun to watch. You want to spend time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I liked it. It does all the eighties teen movie tropes, but does them really well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's well acted, well shot. Yeah. It looks like it's like well-made. They actually spent a little bit of money on it. And, and not to, uh, steal from how this get made, but it goes down easy. As they say, it's like, it wasn't a chore. Uh, I can see why I watched it a couple times when I was a kid. Yeah, and you can jump in at any point in the movie and lock in. It's not complicated. Yeah, but like, but it's also it, it, you, exactly, and it also is a fantasy, right? Like again, I think as two guys who were like more popular than Ronald Miller, but I'm not certainly like the most popular. We could, you know, what I mean, like you could lock into yeah. that fantasy of like, oh, you could date the hottest girl in school or whatever. Right. And now, whether right. again, I have some questions about whether we would want to, but yes, yeah, but you know, we yes. can, we can get into that. But but it All right. it does that stuff. It 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 kills the genre perfect. It, I like it, it was perfect. And in some ways, I like it better than like Pretty in Pink or something. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? And I don't know Yeah, why. I mean it has a it has a, a message, but it's not like the whole point of the movie, I guess. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't feel it doesn't so, feel preachy. It doesn't feel so heavy. Like those movies yeah, just feel fun. so heavy. It's just like Yeah. It's just fun. They're even wrong. Breakfast Club is heavy. It's like Exactly. Even though it's a great movie, it's just not as this is just a jaunt through the teen genre. Yeah, I like the later one better. The um uh the Eric Stoltz one is probably uh, what is it called? My some kind of wonderful. Yeah, some, some kind, kind of wonderful. wonderful. I think that's yeah. the better version. It's kind of like Can't Buy Me Love in that way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has the love triangle though. It's a little more serious. Yeah, but this I, is a little more jokey. But it's both. It's right. yeah. Which is why I like some kind of wonderful because it like is what it is rather than like a supposed to be a rom com. I guess you know. Yeah, like, right. Whereas like this is more comedy. Which yeah. I enjoyed. There'll be aerial tricks, shticks, and kicks tonight on HBO. At 8, soar with high-flying action in Iron Eagle. At 10, roar at the high-handed hysteria of humor and the presidency. And at 11, encore for the high-stepping glory of a chorus line, the movie. HBO is stepping lively with laughs and supersonic cinema tonight. All right, alternate casting. So I'll go. I'll go first with this. All one. right, go ahead. I mean, it's. I'm going to say, probably say her for every role, which is Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> now she might be a little old well, at this point. I wonder because I bet she's I no more she than was, twenty. I think she was up, eighteen in Karate Karate Kid, so that would make her twenty-two now. So she could probably the last teen because I think she makes Adventures in Babysitting this year. Yeah, she would have been about twenty-three, twenty-four, but and she might Which, have. I don't think of her as young. I mean, not that she's not attractive, but I don't think of her as like girlish looking. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she would mm-hmm. look like a woman there. Okay. I mean, she doesn't karate kid, so. <laughs> I mean, like, but you're suggesting like a Courtney Thorne Smith type who I think of as the poor man's Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. From, yeah. from Side well, Out. Yeah, correct. Her her best movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what, what she's most known for. Um, yeah, I think this, like, not that uh, Amanda Peterson isn't gorgeous, but I think you need a little bit better looking, maybe. See, I think, that's, mean, I think like, that's why it works. Because more traditionally a, better looking. I in a real say. high school, though, you she would be beautiful, but not a model. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Like, when I think about the people who we went to high school with who were attractive, mm-hmm. I, nobody was, like, coming there to, like, put them in Seventeen Magazine or anything. Attractive no. people, like, beautiful, you know, sure. a thousand times out of, you're not going to date us, but that's why I like Amanda Peterson so well. She play, okay. she plays it so real, and mm-hmm. she still looks attractive. You know, whatever. She fits, like, into the stereotype without being absurd. Because, like, Ronald Miller, you know, years later, he's absurdly hot. But I, I don't think you'd look at him here and go. No. And, and like, no, I think he's great. Like, I can't really think of anybody maybe a little dorkier than him. So I think that's – I wonder if you go that route. Because, like, to me, that's – it kind of feels like she's all that where you're like, we're going to cast a, a beautiful woman to put glasses on her. And pretend she's right. Ugly, right. It's like, I mean, I mean, he's so skinny in this. Yeah. So it kind of works. And he's a good actor. Like, right. I, he, he, really, can, he can make it believable. Yeah. He leaned into it hard being a super dork. Right. Just like the beret and the button up shirt and the telescope. It, the whole thing just felt like, you know, there's a lot of physical comedy at the beginning with the lawnmower. Yeah, and he's good right. at it. Like he's, he's funny good. at it. Like I think the, the only other person I could have thought of was like Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I think there's some, like the obvious choices of the mid '80s, right? So like you go Cusack, Broderick, Patrick Dempsey. Like those seem like the only ones. Right. 
And Cusack, I think, brings a different energy to the movie. It's more like Say Anything then, where he's more like a, a weirdo recluse rather than a dork. It's funny, like goofy. Yeah, but he's I don't just... Know if he could do goofy as well as... Yeah, you have to play him like more depressed, like more goth. Yeah. Like Azrael like Abyss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody from the 80s we're not thinking about who would fit this, but th- those are the oh, ones sure. that like immediately sprang to mind of like, oh, these Well, you guys... gotta have somebody like, like not too old yet, too. Yeah, because all those Which guys are probably make... 20, you know, about, right. about 1985, 86. So. Right. Yeah, that was the only one I thought of where I went. Because, like, I, I do actually think, despite the fact that the background, the secondary characters are badly acted, they're all pretty good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're perfect. Yeah. Like, there's other guys that could have done it, but, like, who cares, too? Yeah, no, the movie does not hinge on, like, any they're of them. They're so stereotypical, like, jock and bimbos. Yeah, exactly. I would have maybe liked some girls, some women who looked a closer to high school age. Oh, 37? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh boy. He's... But also the makeup makes it really hard to tell. Right, and the hair. Oh, I yeah. mean, well, fashion recap, I have a lot of notes. Yeah, I figured that would be the most time. Uh, one of the recasting you can think about is uh, Teen Witch. Yeah, which looks like her, kind of. Yeah, Robin Lively would be Robin, good. Right, which kind of yeah. looks like Amanda Peterson, so yeah, sure. But Amanda Peterson, you can't top that. <laughs> I hate myself, Ken. Don't worry. <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to go back into space, the aliens are at it again. Sigourney Weaver makes mincemeat of the monsters, coming up next on HBO. All right. Gift moment. Oh, I mean, I think there's one obvious winner. Oh, is there? You don't think the African anteater ritual? When the, oh when yeah! Everybody's getting into this. <laughs> How do you not pick that? Well, I'm very curious what yours is then. I had him uh, when he's holding the money against the glass wall, oh. and it has it fanned out. Yeah, that's a good one. That, <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that. That's good. It didn't even occur to me that mall sequence when he's just like. I, I for some reason I always think more memes, I guess, than gifts in my head. Yeah, no, but you should. That's what it's for, right? It's like, what is, right. where would this be useful, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you could imagine somebody taking that out of context and it still makes sense versus mine, which is just funny to look at. <laughs> like, him trying to do it in the kitchen is funny to me, and also the whole the whole group doing it after he does it is a funny sequence of just, like, right. physical comedy. One, and I also... Yeah, I, oh, sorry, God. I, I love when he, uh, after they, uh, Cindy calls him out at the uh, party... He goes back to his own house and like everybody is doing the dance there. Yeah, <laughs> at his own house. He like looks like at the window. I know it was, it was a, it was like the most surreal moment of the movie where it's like it, that was the least realistic thing in the movie I would say, but it made me laugh. I I also think the baseball bat scene would be funny to see, like just see yeah. him like freak out, like out of mm-hmm. context makes sense. But yeah, I think you're probably right. That I didn't even think of that one. That's good. There is that scene too where the the lawnmower blows back into his face, which is kind of funny. <laughs> That's right, right in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, where he's like trying to fix it, just like blows mm-hmm. that. that. That could work too. Nuclear Secrets and Secret Societies tonight on HBO. At 7, John Lithgow searches for an atomic bomb in the Manhattan Project. At 9, Sly Stallone deals death to the demented as the hard-hitting Cobra. At 10.30, the lunacy continues with a mad weekend in Vegas. Glory Years, Act 2. Government, Guns, and Glory, tonight on HBO. Fashion recap. Oof. You you star. You always had the most thoughts on this. Okay. Uh, Cindy Mancini's mom, and like the first time we see her, 
hair is feathered like Richie Sambora. Uh, like Tico Torres. Yeah. Her, uh, then I've heard like the first shot of her friends, Stacy or Cindy's friends. Bear midriff. There's a lot of bear midriff. Yeah. A lot of crimped hair. That was all I wrote. I was like, this is just you could not make this movie with without people who were actually close to the age because they're so skinny. Like you just, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. You had to be of that like tiny like high school size. God, <laughs> just absurd. Uh, when the dad's washing uh, the car, he's wearing cut off jorts. Homie, oh, I, <laughs> I laughed so hard because it because because to me now it played as really funny. But I wonder if you even would have noticed in nineteen eighty-seven. No, you wouldn't. Have. Do you know what I mean? No. But I laughed out loud when they cut to him at the car. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, in those times, like, your jeans went, you just cut them, and that was it, so. Yeah, air-conditioned dungos. <laughs> we kind of briefly touched on it before, but uh, Cindy Mantine's mom's sleazy boyfriend. Oh, jumpsuit, cla- tracksuit, whatever you want to call it. He, he looked like, I thought it was uh, Bernie Lomax for a second, I but did it's too. not. I did, too. Because he's even kind of dressed like that. Um, yeah, he had like it, like the turquoise one and and weekend at Bernie's, right? You're talking about, right? Yeah, with like the <laughs> yes. with the stripe. <laughs> yeah, it's you're right though. But he comes over like a high roller. That's what I find fascinating. That is like I'm so rich, I wear a jumpsuit. Yeah, like I, yeah. Why is yeah? Why is a windbreaker kind <laughs> of uh, financial dominance? <laughs> I mean, it is, um, it is Arizona and it's hot as shit. So there is I know uh, the bathing suits and the pool party scene uh, mismatched colors. Fabric just. So the one girl kind of had how uh, Cindy Mancini's jacket had like the the leather the uh, strings. Yeah, yeah, the fringe. She had a bathing suit like that, which now I remember were a thing. Yeah, yeah. Where like it was a bikini, and then it had the fringe on the top it and did, on the bottom. It didn't look out of place to me. I, I it, it, it <laughs> I didn't even bat an eye. So whatever that means. But that the other woman who uh, Rico Suave Gerardo is hitting on is. It's a very barely fitting bathing suit. I was like, holy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. That's, she's the one that was wearing that. Oh, was it? Okay. I just remember yeah. going like, looking around. Yeah. Like, I, I did like a double take to no camera in my apartment. Uh, Cindy Mancini wears the Karishma feather earrings in one scene. Yeah, that, that seemed very cool again. Uh, the jocks also wearing bare midriff shirts. Yeah, see, this is, this is the 80s thing. And it's like 87, 88 is the last minute of this where all the jocks are wearing the cutoff shirts. Like, yeah. And it's not even remotely seen as, like, gay or whatever, you know. It's, <laughs> no, not, it's not a joke to be made. And, it's totally you know. acceptable. Yeah, and I put that, too. I said classic 80s pads, too. Like, just gigantic oh, yeah. football pads Huge. with the tiniest shirt possible. <laughs> Huge. Oh, not protecting great. your ribs at all. No, like, <laughs> it's amazing no one died. Like, like consistently <laughs> died in those fo- Probably nobody could hit hard enough. Uh, I, we already talked about Gerardo just wearing a apron <laughs> uh, and nothing else. <laughs> he was good. I mean, like he was again. Like those guys did what they had to do. They they came oh, off sure. the bench and like acted like shitheads. Uh, I, I have a timestamp for this one: thirty nine fifty two. Cowboy boots, black jeans, Letterman jacket. What a combo! <laughs> See, this is again the Southwest thing because I think the Christmas thing is also yeah. Arizona. Like it's supposed to be vaguely yeah, like Native American sure. or something. For sure. I don't think you see that on a Florida or a New Jersey. And then the last thing I had was uh, their baseball uniforms were eerily similar to our high school uniforms. I did notice that as well. <laughs> I was like, huh. And we probably were wearing the ones from the 80s. If you, <laughs> I know. Like, I know. if you really think about it. They weighed 10 pounds. I, I know for basketball, we were wearing the ones from the late mid to late 80s because they ordered new ones our senior year. 
and they hadn't ordered them in like 15 years they told us they were just like so we had like the nut cutters like oh my god oh sure it's brutal brutal right, did you have anything for fashion recap only question i had so i had the pads but also would that outfit be a thousand dollars oh her suede jacket yeah because it's like i know it's an ensemble I just yeah, seemed, that's a good question. Like, uh, I, maybe I'm wrong though. I I really just didn't know. Uh, As somebody who yeah. works in a uh, retail, who maybe has an idea of like what that would sell for, what the street price would be. Hmm. I know. Yeah, I mean, there's something about maybe like the rarity of it and like how hard it is to clean suede. Yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah, I don't know because I think suede's pretty prevalent, right? Like, I don't think it's. That was sort of what I was thinking is like it, it was a whole ensemble. So there's a lot of pieces, which would mm-hmm. be expensive. It probably is a relatively expensive material in 1987. Yeah. Like you would go to the suede outlet maybe to get a cheaper version. But yeah, you go to Wilson's Leather and get it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? My, my friend Scott used to manage a Wilson's Leather. I will ask him. Yeah. And, and like it could just be it was a designer thing, too. Oh, like right. From a designer store. You're right. Because the yeah the way that guy runs the store, it did kind of seem that way. Yeah, like he didn't need her, like take it or leave it a thousand bucks, you know. Yeah, right. Like, like he was breaking even. Like he was only going to make ten bucks on it if he sold it at that price. <laughs> right. But, right. but it, it raises the question we tried to answer, you know, during Hobo's Christmas a few years ago <laughs> about mall economics, right? About like right. how much how much profit you have to make on stuff just to stay open because of yeah, the rent. you got to know what the rent is. Like how <laughs> yeah, how it was it was how many organs do they need to sell to break even? <laughs> For anybody who's just new to whatever we're doing. Just go go back and listen to a hobo's Christmas. We re-released it for uh, the holidays. Extended talk about mall economics and, and the yeah, organ store. Well, it's important, and also for like the same year. So I bet some of that is relevant to yeah. this discussion. We did not yeah. see the organ store in uh, Camp I Love. There was the arcade, though. Yeah, I did enjoy that sequence actually. And I, you know what though, I will say, unsung hero. Maybe we. I don't know if we have that as a category, but Kenneth is an unsung hero of the movie. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he he's car- good in this. He carries the emotional weight, right? He's the yeah. audience surrogate. You're like, I like Ronald Miller. I hate Ronald Miller. I want Ronald Miller to be my friend. <laughs> I'm mad at him. And so you need him to like be good at it every time. And he was good. Yeah. He's, yeah, in a, he's a little older too, I think. But. He's in a bunch of shit too. He's a classic yeah, version him. of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll look him up because I, I meant to put it in my notes. And I forgot. Um, I don't think I have any other fashion stuff. Um, no, yeah, but I mean, you want to know what living in 1987 <laughs> or 88 was? Just watch this. <laughs> yeah, if you want to imagine what it was like to just be in high school in the suburbs, like this is it. They nailed yeah. so much of it. Because, like, when we got to high school in 92, we were right at the tail end of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we were more like the beginning of grunge, like, the champion sweatshirts, like, comfort. Everything was comfort, men and women. Yeah, moving moving back to the, like, the grunge era, like, getting into that version. Right, right. Yeah, and again, maybe because it's northeast versus southwest, right? Like... Yeah, well, I mean, what? even in the summer, though, like, a girl wore a t-shirt, it was like, holy shit, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen such a thing. Right. So he's in, okay, all right, so Courtney Gaines is the guy's name, Kenneth. Okay. He's, he was born in 65, so yeah, 22, 21, 22, yeah. they're filming. Mm-hmm. But he, he also looks young, so he probably played young for most of his career. He's got 1,000 credits. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what's the, his, his IMDb top four, Back to the Future. Yeah, um, I, was, I knew he was, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of what part he plays in that, unless he's like one of Biff's friends. That seems unlikely, though, right? I know. He must be, like, at the dance or something. Oh, he is. He is at the dance. Yeah, he tries to break in and dance with 
uh, Lorraine. Lorraine. And he's like kind of drunk. Yeah. And he like pushes George away. Yeah. That's, oh, that's... yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're, see, you're better with Back to the Future than me. I just, I wouldn't remember. Yeah. He's in The Burbs, which I don't remember, okay. but he must play one of the kids. Um, and then he's in Children of the Corn. He plays Malachi. Yeah. Yeah. He's Malachi. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. And I let you say that. No, that's good. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. I thought he was good. I thought he was like, we needed him in that movie to be good. And he was. Like for it to work, anyway. Mm-hmm. I was just like quickly going through his IMDb. See if there's anything else he did that was of note. I mean, he is literally in every single show in the mid nineties. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, Heat of the Night, Wing Commander, ER. I mean, like it's just Wing Commander. You remember that? No. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I believe it's based on a video game, right? Probably. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's in Rap Boy. I love Rap Boy. With Sandra Locke, I've never seen it. No, you have. It it's, it, it should be on the list. When we when we go into the spreadsheet, I'm putting it on the list. <laughs> I guarantee you've seen it. Because the only reason I've ever seen it is it was on HBO a thousand times in nineteen, oh, probably nineteen eighty seven. If I had to guess, it's right around yeah eighty six. Sorry. God, rap boy. I don't remember that one. I feel like it's very similar to the Wraith in terms of like its tone. Yeah. Like just scary sci fi movie for kids <laughs> or mm-hmm. teens. Yeah. On the next Super Saturday. Hi. Welcome to the Snake Pit. They all share the same dream. And they all know what it means. It means Freddy is back. And he's very, very angry. If you die in this dream, it's for real. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Dream Warriors. Then, top comedians take the Uptown Comedy Express. On the next Super Saturday, March 12th on HBO. All right, missed, oppor- missed opportunities. So uh, the one thing I wrote or I thought about the most, which makes sense now knowing she was 15, is you don't see him lose his virginity. Yeah, that I was going the same the same route. I said may- maybe make it an R rating. Yeah, and I get like, why. More they- like nerds where right. it's like a little more nudity, a little more swearing. I do think I do think it was influenced by the John Hughes movies that way of like we need to stay PG thirteen to make money so like yeah. we can have a fuck here or a titty there or whatever but like we're not gonna go lean into it but you don't even have the scene where he's I mean we have a couple makeout scenes but you never see him really learning the ropes because he goes from and being like it's... a total virgin to suddenly yeah. like he's in the bathroom with the girl like trying to talk her in which was also problematic but and I think it's insinuated that he does sleep with the friends I know but it just seems like. Part of the thing about Ronald Miller's character is he's not actually cool, right? Right. Or am I wrong? Or is it he is actually cool and doesn't know it until he becomes no, popular? No, I think he is. He has observed what it is to be cool according to those people's definition. Okay. All right. So he's like a scientist, so, right? He like in theory he knows how it works. That's how I look at this whole movie was like a social experiment, and I think if they would have done it more like that, more like just one of the guys, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, because he has like the the telescope or whatever, so he's like. Because like, what's his besides to get with Cindy Mancini, that seemed to be his end goal, and not to be popular in the beginning. Yeah, he was yeah. enamored with her, and not necessarily to be popular. It does sort of shift once he, because the plan is like ad hoc, right? Like he says to Kenneth at the beginning, and Kenneth's like, "Why would you want to be with them? They seem awful. She and seems terrible." Right? He's yeah, totally right. I mean, she's- She's nice, but like as it turns out, but from afar, right. you don't know. Right. And then when he makes the plan, it's all about being with like popular, not just with her. Yeah, because like he wins her over being himself, 
He doesn't know that because he has no experience. Right. Cause yeah, of course. He does what any and of us would have done, just freak out and fuck it up. Right. And like, but he doesn't even think that it's a possibility. Yeah. So maybe he like tells himself, I'm going to go for this instead of that. Yeah. He doesn't realize that that's what works. So, but he still thinks you have to be a jerk and a jock or whatever, you know, he is. In that yeah. Corner. Yeah. I just, I just felt like he had to, like, there should have been a scene where, he kind of gets found out like one of those older one of the older women one of those other girls is like making out with him right because like they have that scene in the car where he's like kind of reluctant and like like a premature ejaculation scene or something where she like they get in the back of the car and then two seconds later she's like yeah and then then it cuts to the next scene or whatever and there's like a little bit of a rumor about how ronald maybe isn't like a lothario or whatever Mm -hmm. because it seems like they were a little bit onto him but maybe i don't know maybe that's asking too much of the movie to have it like undermine him and that was the part point right and the point that that I liked about it was like Cindy was just like, "There's no way this is gonna work," and then it does, and she's like upset that it works because her the people that she's friends with were such dopes. Yeah, that's and true. Anything. No, I did find like the overall intelligence of the characters to be too low. There's only like three smart people right. in the whole movie because like the mom doesn't know the difference between astronomy and astrology or whatever, or telescope and mm-hmm. microscope. You're like, come on, man. Yeah. So like Ronald Miller is a genius, but the mom is like virtually like, you know, in a home because she's so stupid. Like, come on. <laughs> or the friends too, like they don't know. They literally don't know anything. except for the, the nerd friends are kind of smart, obviously. But it just seemed like right. what was the point of making them all that stupid? I don't know what it does. Yeah. Like nobody like and they, there was in the beginning, they're just like they second guessed that he was part of their crowd now. But then they were just like, oh, OK. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like this really rigid click system suddenly is just like, oh, it's fine. Because he almost like needed somebody that liked Cindy as well to like be on to him. Yeah, and I think that's their missed opportunity like, with Bobby, right? Like the older guy. Because he yeah. comes back and freaks out, but that's like you're almost at the end of the movie when he comes back. Right. Yeah, you needed somebody that was trying to like win her over, court her, or whatever you want to call it, and being like, I don't trust this guy. Like, why is she spending all her time with him out of nowhere? Yeah, and like he. Yes. He, like one of the other jocks, the one that likes her. Yeah, or or even like or just like you have like a I think the love triangle is like a smart way to go overall. But it, mm-hmm. but you could even do it like a lifetime movie where she just has like a best friend who's like a real best friend, not a fake best friend. Cuz like they were right. all fake. So maybe it's like Oh, sure. I don't know, like her cousin or something or her sister or whatever or even her mom, right? Like that relationship doesn't need to be distant the way I don't know what that does yeah. for the movie, but Yeah, I I think that's fair. I I yeah, the the Bobby character to me was worthless. Like we what the only reason we needed it was so people would think she was in a relationship, right? So exactly. she was unavailable, but Right. Right. Why can't she just exactly. be unavailable because she's too hot, right? Cuz like that's right. always what it is. Yeah, unattainable or whatever. Cuz when he comes back, it's like we don't care. Like that doesn't it's like totally meaningless that he comes back and is mad about Ronald Miller. <laughs> right. It's like right. okay. Right. Yeah. So I um Let's see. I don't think I have anything else. I thought this. Well, I thought the score was bad. Maybe I don't know if that's a missed opportunity, but it sounds like like a rain. They paid so much for "Can't Buy Me Love." I would imagine. Yeah, Maybe they blew all their money on that. And, and the Billy Idol song is is they played oh, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Sure. <laughs> I forgot that was in there. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like a like a low rent um, Rain Man score. Okay. It has like the knockout piece size. You know what I mean? Like this, like vaguely. Yeah, like, you notice this the music way more than I do. I just because it's the tone was weird. It's like it was too light. Even though the movie's very light and comedic, it was way too light. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't okay. feel like an an eighty seven teen movie. 
They didn't okay. lean hard into any of the things they usually lean into. Um, yeah, I, I usually only notice the music if it's like really good. I usually don't notice it's really bad that's or fair. mediocre. Although I maybe this goes back on what I said earlier, but there are no hard jokes in the movie. Like there's a lot of funny moments, but there's only like two jokes in the whole movie. Like actual like where people say funny things out loud. Yeah. Like hard yeah. jokes where you're like, oh, it's okay. more physical with him and like yeah. the stuff that happens. Yeah. It's like the and dinner like scene. The, like, and like uh Rube farting. Yeah. Like, yeah. They leaned on that one a couple times. <laughs> that made me with laugh. The brother. Which was fun, you know, farts are funny. But that's that's what I wrote it. I was like, there's like three scenes in the movie that are just like hard jokes that are supposed to be funny. Everything else is kind of like atmospheric, you know? Yeah. Or performance. Right. But that, yeah. that did make me laugh. I, I, feel, right. I feel like the gif would be the fart scene, but it's cut weird, if you notice. Yeah, you can't tell what it is. Yeah, it happens so fast. If they, like, and it's really... a lot because he says it. There's no, like, fart sound. It's silent but deadly. Yeah, yeah, And, like, true. there's no, like, you know, like, you don't really know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Untamed and straight from the heart. Don Johnson's music video feature, Heartbeat. Premieres Saturday, January 17th. All right, unanswered questions. Uh, I have a few. Oh, you go first. Right. I went first on the last one. So the, like... the, uh, when Ronald first goes to a party, he starts drinking. Uh, so they're drinking Bud Heavies. So mm. how many Bud Heavies can Ronald Miller drink before throwing up was my first question. Three? Three. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe. We, we don't know what he's had to eat, but. I mean, he does it. He weighs hundred and. 40 pounds the most yeah he's he, he, i mean maybe they drink at those poker nights like that might be the only well they would drink it because like when he gets there though at the party uh dob or not dobber he reminds me <laughs> I, I keep calling him dobber uh, too brew was like uh can i get you a, a brew and he goes yeah you got a and w because they drink oh that was funny party. that's right yeah <laughs> and i was and he's like so he obviously doesn't drink yeah because they had like cigars at that party too which i thought was weird the, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think you're right. The the drinking and that was actually I did enjoy the 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 wine subplot joke that made me laugh quite a bit. Yeah, that was funny because he just kept saying it and like these girls are falling for it. I know. But then they drink the wine, and realize it's Ripple, and it's just like this. It's ter- It's like rock gut wine. <laughs> <laughs> so then my other my other unanswered question is: after they get together at the end, how long do Ronald and Cindy date before breaking up? I I. I had the exact same question. What happens the next day or the next week or at the end of the summer after senior year? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think they do make it through the summer, but there's no way they stay together in college. Well, we're going to, we have a new category this week. Well, that we remembered. Well, it's not new, but we, we, we formalized it, which is what is the sequel to this movie? Right. So we'll come back to that in two seconds. I have a couple of okay. answer questions, but that was my main one was what do we think happens right at the mm-hmm. end of that movie? Um, why is Cindy Cindy right? Not Stacy. Yes, you got me all Cindy, turned around. Yes. <laughs> why does Cindy's mom pay Ronald Miller and not a landscaping company? Because like, no. if you're if you're rich, like don't you just pay like a service? You don't pay the neighborhood kid. No, I think I have a couple reasons. One is. If the husband, let's say she's divorced and the husband's paying for the house, okay, right, that alimony, she might only have a certain amount for other stuff besides the mortgage. Okay, 
But they were throwing around money like crazy. Like Sydney went with three credit cards to the mall. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so my that doesn't hold water. Then. But I, but I, because I had the same thought of like, oh, they might be just she's pretending to be rich, but isn't actually rich. You know, like one of those yeah. situations. The other reason I could be is when they were married. So if she only got divorced, let's say, a year or two ago. Ronald has always cut their lawn since he was 13 or 12. Yeah, or maybe, whatever. maybe. And he's just always done it, and she's just like, well, he does a good enough job, and it's 20 bucks or whatever it is at the time. That's true. And like, I mean, how many lawns are there in Arizona, to be honest? Yeah, that did seem like a weird thing. Like, how much money can you make? You have, like, one week to cut all the grass. I know. So, And they uh, did say that, that he had been doing it for, like, five or six years. Right. So that's why he just always did it for them. Like, he, like, because they talk about a lot in this movie, too, how they all used to be friends back before high school or whatever. So it's possible that he knew Cindy – yeah, at least enough to go knock on her mom's door, or he was obsessed with her or whatever, and that he thought, you know, a while ago that 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 was his way in or something. No, that's and fair. He, like, fine, he could mow a lawn for the three times you have to mow it in Arizona. It just struck me as odd for rich people to pay a neighborhood kid, but maybe that's how you stay rich, you know? Was it like a big thing back then to do that? Like, I, I don't know. I just assume like California, those kind of places where you live in like a nice neighborhood, you you don't. Neighbor kids don't cut the lawn. Like I just, I feel like that never happened. Right. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, yeah, but I don't know. it just seemed odd. Yeah, that's to a me. good question, though. Um, they had a Columbus Day dance. Yeah, that was a little weird. Like you could, it's a movie. You could pick any day you want. Well, I think they wanted to do like because they start they start dating when school starts. Right. So September is the month he pays for. So I think the the October dance is kind of the first. That's the first holiday, unless you want to go straight to Halloween. Or you just go, like, fall formal. Just have it be a dance. Yeah, or like a Sadie Hawkins. Just make something up. Or, like, it's um, Homecoming, right? Homecoming's in fall. Right, exactly. There you go. It didn't have to be... I just thought it was such a a weird thing to, like, wedge in there just to let you know it's October. Right. When they immediately go to Halloween right after that. Right. And we know it's fall because they're in school. (laughs) Right. And... And they're going to have the Christmas scene or the Christmas break scene or whatever. Like, we know that's going to happen. And then they do Thanksgiving. Yeah. It, I don't know. It just was like, of all the things to pick, it just seemed like so odd to, like, highlight <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. But can't wait for the, the classic Columbus Day dance. Yeah. Okay. I'll bring my smallpox blankets or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have one TV. It's in the kitchen? Question mark. That drove me crazy. <laughs> it, it just doesn't track. Because it, there, there's one scene where where uh when the girl's flirting with him in the car trying to hook up with him he's like well my parents have cable no as like in the kitchen tv i mean maybe they do but what a waste only the kitchen tv the one thing i I will say it looked like maybe a portable tv so possibly they move it to the living room yeah but why can't they yeah but it was so tiny yeah you're right Uh, i don't know yeah that that didn't make sense it was to set up that one if they're going to set up that scene where seth green is watching you want, he, uh, when Ronald wants him to change the channel, yeah. just have it be the, the, the living room television. Right. It, it, it makes because he's like sitting on the counter eating a bowl of popcorn, watching TV. Like if you're so you live in that house, you want to get a glass of water. Like it would just be so annoying to go in there. Stupid. I agree. I, I, yeah. I didn't notice no comfortable seating. There's a the scene. <laughs> there's a scene in the living room now. I can't remember if they had a TV or not. Like if they like whether they just like they glossed over it or whatever. Yeah. But. Because if they did, then th- that part's crazy. It, it it sticks out like a sore thumb. Because then he has to do the dance in the kitchen too, right? When he's like doing the moves, right? It, it's just so weird. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, all right. I think my last question relates to your last question, which is, 
is Ronald a good guy? Okay, so here's the crux of the the question here. Because, yes, how he rents her, and that's what I'm going to call it, he rents her, for real. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't treat her like garbage. He doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't automatically, because he's paying her money, expect anything beyond... No, he doesn't expect sex. He doesn't yeah. expect anything, even hooking up. No, nothing. Uh, but the way he, he threatens her in the, when he does that scene mm-hmm. was fucked up. Yeah. Where he's just like, fine. He's like, I'll just take my money and go buy. He put her in a no-win situation. Yeah. Where if he, if he would have just said, look, I had this idea. I could help you out. You could help me out. If you don't want to, I totally understand. It's your, it's your call. But he does it in a douchey way that really puts her to bind. Right. And it makes or if, it... He was, if he was just like, look, I'll give you this value. If he really wanted to help her out, he could have been like, look, I'll loan this to you. You pay me back interest by whatever right like he could have done that i think that's a better scene too because then it forces her to make a choice right because like you're supposed to think she's nice but in this scene you just get that she's being forced into and learns to like him but he's desperate and he he adds insult onto that desperation right because like when he does the speech later when he's breaking up with her fake breaking up with her he's really mean yeah he's a dick yeah like like i wrote ron is cold he is yeah and he does it in a way where he I mean, I know why they did that because they wanted him to win, you know, win the breakup. Yeah, yeah, but like and it works because then he becomes all the girls want him because he broke up with her in such a fashion. Right? Yeah, but they like they like they decided in advance, and then he went out there and like basically shivved her. You know, yeah, he took yeah he he went off script. Yeah, he poor harbored her, and it was just like <laughs> right. Now I will give this movie somewhat of a pass because, dude. And this, we're going through all this right now, right? As a as a country, yeah. Where nobody seems to be taking into account the times that the people were living in as part of the reason why, like in the eighties, people didn't think this was as fucked up as we do now. I think. I mean, it, I know what you mean. So do for sure, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been like I don't think like, but immediately thought like, oh, that's really fucked up. I think you're right in the in the sense that the fact that this movie gets made and we see it a million times means that most people and particularly men or people who run the industry didn't bat an eye even a little right it's written by a man it's directed by a man it's probably produced by a man so yeah i think you're right i imagine i again it's hard to know because we're two white men so who the you know it's it's really (laughs) difficult to know right my assumption is there were women who said right because probably you know so what i want to say everybody thought i would say most mainstream men would not even have batted an eye at it this was in any way, acceptable. shape, or form. Right. It was completely acceptable. Even if it was not not acceptable behavior, it was accepted by people. Like that's what I would Correct. say. Correct. It wasn't like she would have never made a stink and called him uh, a sexist or, or or that she he was taking advantage of her. She never would have brought it up. Right? Yeah. Right. That's how culture works. Right. Like it, it, it's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She was just like, well, this is the way it is, and I can either accept his ridiculous proposal. Or I'm, I have to tell my mom I ruined her sweet jacket. Which, to some degree, is why the ending maybe shouldn't be them getting together. Like, I think the Correct. better ending is them being friends or trying to, like, right. like she comes back and goes, you know, I do like you, but, like, after all of that, I don't like you anymore. I can't like you because I just... I can't like somebody that could do that. Right, exactly. And, like, right. that's that's the lesson he needs to learn, right? Is, like, and that you do- can't buy love. Does, but then he gets bailed out by the ending. Because, like, I had forgotten that she comes back at the end. When I saw her leave, I went, the- oh... That's a good ending. Yeah. If she just leaves in in the 5.0 with nobody wearing seatbelts, that's a good ending. <laughs> Talk about culturally different things. 
and he's just like he's on his mower being like well i guess that really didn't work but i learned that it's not really a better life anyway yeah and i but then she fucking is like bails him out and he's like oh well all that shit i did doesn't really matter then yeah and i and i do think that's you're totally right in this way too that that's a movie of its time right like he does everything wrong and he gets the reward right like that that that's pretty much white privilege in Where a nutshell, she, right? Like <laughs> he's the clear loser of the movie. Yeah, gets shit on, but she's the best but, person, I think. And, right? She stays the same character the whole time uh, because she's already a good person anyway. Well, the only thing I would say is that, like, again, this is it's a movie focused on these people, so it's really not a criticism. But it is like a poor little rich girl situation where, you're like, she finally realizes that she's she's like totally vapid or whatever. Like, it's friends of people who don't give a shit. She loves this football star, but doesn't she loves him because he's popular. I don't think they have like, right. anything in common. Right. As we see from that first right. scene where they turn on the TV to watch him be interviewed. And he doesn't even, you know, he's like, I can't wait to go back home so I can use the massage machine or whatever. Yeah. Which was very strange. That was so odd. Um, like they would have better stuff than Iowa has. Yeah. Yeah. The big 10 football program, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Under coach Hayden Fry. I don't think so. Ken, um, and and they like they do a good job drawing out that she like writes poetry and like has thoughts, you know. There's not a lot and of school, right? So she trusts she he earns her trust immediately because he's the only genuine person that she knows. Yeah, right? and she's not scared of him, right? Like and what he'll she, do or he think all over it. Yeah, and then she still takes it back at the end, which maybe that's realistic. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying is like I think it is in the sense of that's how like all the things we're saying about why it would happen are the reasons why he wins, right? That like w- women yeah. are have fewer choices right like they don't have a lot of power yeah. they feel cornered in these things whatever and this movie is a good example of that even though it's you know the why we like it part is is all these same reasons right like this is what's always weird about going back and watching this stuff it's like right. and, uh, and like look you could do this with probably almost every movie yeah the only reason I really broke it down is because if we were doing this, normally it's just like, oh, it's a fun watch. Yeah. Or I would have like noticed. Kid, I wasn't thinking like, oh, that was fucked up what he did. I could, I mean, it's like you and I were just watching this like on a couch. I'm sure we would have mentioned it, but I don't know. You know what I sure. mean? But now, well, not 30 years ago. Oh yeah. I, I, right. But that's exactly the point, right? Like we are, we would, it's for us. <laughs> like exactly. we're supposed to like Ronald and want him to win. So right. it does raise the question because there is another version of this movie. Love okay. Don't Cost a Thing with Nick Cannon and Christina Milian from 2003. Mm-hmm. And, I, okay. and I I don't know that I've seen it, but I am curious how different it is. Is it, like, based on this movie? Yeah, it has, like, literally scenes from this movie, like, with the same lines and... Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah, and it's based on a, based on a song, Love Don't Cost a Thing, the Jennifer Lopez song, right? Yeah. So it's the same idea. Obviously, it's, you know, with uh, uh, black stars rather than white stars. Right. Um but it's explicitly a remake, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it has the same writer, whatever, or, you know, part of the screenplay. But I don't know. Again, having not seen it, I don't know what difference it. You know how different it is. How different, Jesus Christ, Kyle. How different it is in terms of that the politics stuff because that is you know sixteen years later. Like you have to wonder whether it would be I, a little I, more I fair. I want to say it's going to be. I don't think the change happened yet. Then I don't think it really happened until social media. To be fair. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, I'm just curious because... Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Considering they changed I mean, like, the racial stuff, you would think like they would maybe be a little more sensitive to other things, but maybe not. I'm sure they they didn't make it as... 
they probably made it a little lighter when the actual like question of whether she's going to do this or not, or whether Nick Cannon's going to do it or not. I don't know. Yeah, like, is, the, like the exchange would be more. Softer. Yeah, I think the exchange would be more fair, right? Like that she right. like she's really getting something and he's really getting something other than money. Yeah, like yeah, because I think in the movie she's supposed to be like a singer, right? Not surprisingly, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And he's going to help her with that because he's like a nerd and knows music or whatever. Like like recording okay. equipment or something. Yeah. Um. So like the exchange seems more even. Like they're both. Like the power level is more fair rather than this, where it feels like he's cornered her and now she has to do this thing she doesn't want yeah, to do. Yeah, and I don't, and it's funny because I know we just hit it, but like I don't remember him cornering her until I watched it this time. I just remember him having the agreement. I didn't remember anything of the why. I remember how he did it was so yeah. like sleazy. But. Yeah. It's only a match point. Was that not a big enough point? He's a three time Wimbledon champion and the last American to win the title. How can you possibly call that out? The last time John McEnroe played Wimbledon, he was the man to beat. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Now, after a year away, Mac is back. Can he do it again? Wimbledon 87. Get ready. Beginning June 22nd on HBO. All right, so what's your sequel idea? So, I think the sequel is... um, Oh, God, I put the title somewhere, didn't I? Um... Oh shit! I forgot to type it. Damn it! Now I forget what I said. But the sequel for me is Ronald goes to college, mm-hmm. and he becomes Cindy. So oh. he is he, popular. He He's learned something about how to be popular from yeah. all this experience, right? Mm-hmm. But he's still he's still hollow inside, right? So he's still kind of like Cindy, and like he's going through the motions, being popular, but isn't really satisfied by it. And there's a girl who's in his like chemistry class or whatever, and he needs her help to pass. Right. And so she pays mm-hmm. him the money to be popular. Um, and then he helps or whatever. She helps him with the thing or whatever. Right. They, that's what they exchange. And then in the end, of course, he falls in love with her because she's nice to him. and is like a real person. And okay. he's actually he's actually a dork on the inside. So he comes all the way around to Ronald Miller of the sure. first movie. Sure. Uh, my sequel was called Can Buy Me Love, which is what this should have been called. Right. Because you can buy love in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I think their point is you can't buy love. You can buy people right like they're not actually in love i don't think but maybe well i think at the end they she is <sighs> i guess that's what she realized i hope not but anyway it's can't buy me love and seth green steals his blueprint oh. and does this when he gets into high school yeah that's good that way they could kind of reference dempsey he doesn't have to be in it they could reference dempsey because by the point or he could be in point, it he could make he could have a cameo he could do like with cameo, the, the right? bobby's scene Thanksgiving yeah. or whatever for that's college. a good one and uh yeah can buy me love starring seth green yeah, I just I like the role reversal of it to see like what happens when the woman then is like cornering him and you know what I mean like there's a lot sure. to, to to work with there that's more fun to me but yeah but I but I like Seth Green because <laughs> his character's such a shit like I just do wonder yeah. <laughs> what that would even look like yeah oh, I, forgot, I can't believe I forgot to type my title I'm mad at myself I'll have to I'll have to find <laughs> it I thought I did but there you go all right so what else do we have so we got box office celebrity net worth and then sovereign of the stack. Okay. So I, I accidentally looked at the box office, so I'll let you guess. So this was, uh, do we have the release date? August 14th, 1987. Ooh. So dark. usually, dark yeah, like a dumping ground for movies, you know, you're not going to uh, release a blockbuster. I'm going to say it did okay. Uh, I'll say it made $10 million. I was shocked. Thirty-one point six million. Okay, so yeah. clearly made money. I, I can't. Oh, yeah. can't imagine it cost more than a couple million dollars. I don't know if Lover Boy came out after this. I think it did. I think it's eighty-eight. So, it's like right around it was the same time. Probably sprung board him on to, to do that movie. 
for sure. And in some ways, like Loverboy is the sequel to this movie. It is. It really. It's almost the same thing. Which is it's maybe why I was. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Except he's like. He, yeah, because he's kind of a dork in that too in the beginning. Right, and then he becomes like a. Yeah, all these milfs want to bang him. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that that you could see that as a Can't Buy Me Love sequel as well, right? That he's right. like he is just a gigolo. Like he's become so good at this, like um, like mystery, right? He's like he right. he's like the game, <laughs> right? And then he comes to realize like the, yeah, right, that he has this whole system, but it's actually really empty and like doesn't mean anything and is like douchey, right? And then he has to come all yeah. the way back around. Yeah, it's like an unofficial sequel. Yeah, I would love that though. Like he plays like a like a the game type guy. Yeah. Who then realizes that he's leading a cult that is awful. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's full of terrible, terrible people. That's good. I like so, that. I would watch that. Not. Yeah, I know. I was surprised. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you have what the budget was? It doesn't say, actually. I thought it would, but. What do you um, think the budget is? Like five for this? Six? Yeah, I would. Like I'd know more than that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they filmed in Arizona, which might have cost a little more, but who knows? Yeah. And they bought the music. Yeah. You have to figure 500 to 750,000 for that whole. But they play the whole song. They get all their right. money's worth out of it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, maybe a little more, maybe six, but still. Yeah. Five times yeah. your money, like that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, sure. For mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that keeps the studio open. All right. So who did you pick for Celebrity Net Worth? You know what? I forgot to do it, but right. I will do because um, I, ha- you know, it's not. It wasn't in our list. Yes. Yeah, see, that's why I sent you like an updated one, but I, because I realized I should have just updated the doc, but I'm an idiot, so but I'll fix it. But I, but go ahead, go. I, I know who I'm doing. I just have to look him up. Well, I, I, I had to pick Gerardo. Like, I feel like okay. that's the obvious one that's absurd. So, I, I mean, I, I I haven't looked it up yet because I want to play as okay. well. Oh, I looked my guy up. So, okay. if you want to look up Gerardo. No, I want to guess. Um, Well, you go first. You go first. Okay, better, Gerardo. All right. So, he had the one album. I think he had two hits. I, forgot, I always forget what the other one it was. But it was very similar to Rico Suave. Yeah. It was. Oh like, my it, it, god! I, I forgot what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in my head though. It'll come to me. Uh, so he had that. He was obviously acting. I think he was in a couple other like teenish movies. He has like a ton of acting credits. He's in more stuff than you ever realized. Yeah. So I want to say he was on nine hundred two one zero. I think he was. If I recall correctly, as a musical guest, I think he was. Uh, I will go two million for Gerardo. Yeah. See, this is where it gets complicated. Of like. Is he hugely popular in Mexico too? Right? Does he have like? Right. Is he like on a soap opera, or telenovela, or something? Yeah. It just feels like he might have an empire. I do remember he was on. It, this has got to be at least ten or fifteen years ago, back when like I'd be watching VH1 or MTV. He was on some sort of show about kids of of stars, and his son okay. was like also in a boy band, and like did, oh, you know, okay. and so like, but he was like producing it, like it was in his home studio. Yeah, so he must have. So it made me think, that. like, oh, he probably did well somewhere. He has producing money. Forget it. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like, but also, he could have lost every dollar since then. Mm-hmm. Like your cup break on you? Yeah, it cracked. Oh, your hands too strong. No, certainly not. Not anymore. So I'm going to say Gerardo 5.5. Yeah, he might be high, too. I, he might be a, a Jamiroquai situation. I feel like it could be, right? Like, Yeah, if he's a producer, then he, he could be up there. Oh, six million. Okay. I, yeah, I, almost, right there, I almost said six, and I round, I went down. But that, that's yeah, no, close. That's, that's a great guess, yeah. I mean, it's good for him, man. That's the best guess I've ever made, I think. Yeah, good for him. He hasn't really done a whole lot that I know. So, yeah, it's it's impressive. He calls himself the, his son. 
he calls himself the Latin Elvis. Okay. Um, so Can't Buy Me Love is his first movie. He's in Colors. Is that the Sean Penn, Robert Duvall? Yes. One? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, that's right. He had a reality show on VH1. That's what I was thinking of. Suave Says with his family and his kid was a rec- recording artist. So he might have made some good money there too. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, and that's right. He was a pastor. I forgot that too. He became religious. <laughs> Pastor Suave? Yeah. Hey, Pastor Smooth? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Rich and Smooth, Ken. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, so the one I chose was Seth Green. I think oh, he's a really oh I'm going to go. Because he has, he has a robot chicken. He's on Family Guy. He's done a ton of movies. Dude, he's over 100 for sure. I looked it up. Um, I'm going to so say. I, won't, I, won't, I can't guess. I'm going to go 115. I think you're going to be surprised. Uh, he's at 40. No. Come on. So now he's been on. He's 46, by the way. Jesus. Um, yeah, he's not that much older than us. Just terrifying. But he, yeah, I mean, you figure he's in Austin Power movies. The second and third one, he had to make money. Right. Or, or he got points. Like he's making money on the money. I was thinking the most of the money is probably from Family Guy, but I guess if Seth MacFarlane not hoards it, but but like being on it, being a voice actor on a successful show, which means you can be on it forever because your it's character been on twenty years, right? He should have twenty mil easy from that, and that he should probably be... does. maybe that's where most of it's from. But he produces like he's he doesn't just make Robot Chicken, but he produce he's like a producer, like he has a production no, company. Yeah, so... he's he's on a, he's on like half the stuff I watch. So. He's... Maybe he's just maybe not making any money as a producer, but I mean it's on CNW, I, so I, you know I can't believe that he's only worked that. That seems insane to me. I mean, only. unless he got divorced, which he could have. Yeah, I, I think he got married relatively later in life. Um, yeah. but I could be wrong about that. That's my recollection. Because he and Conan are really good friends, which is fascinating. Yeah, which is the only reason I uh, even know any of this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I would have guessed way higher. I, I probably wouldn't have gone 100, but I probably would have gone 75. He does video game right. voiceovers. And he's like, he produces. He, he's, it just, he's been married for 10 years. So he gets Seth Green, Family Guy salary. He gets 100000 per episode. Right, now. so two, two million a year, basically. Yeah. So for 20 years. Right there. Just off the top. 50%. You're right, 20 million about from... Yeah, you know, uh, whatever, agents, whatever. But also, don't forget syndication. That show was on every day somewhere. I guess Seth MacFarlane gets most of the coin from that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Maybe he's, I thought he produced, he produced some other stuff, not as much as I thought, but definitely other stuff. Interesting. I'm just looking quickly at Seth MacFarlane now. All right, guess what Seth MacFarlane is? Uh, 650. Million? Yeah. 300. So he's I knew it would be fuck I knew it would be fucking insane though like just That's so I think that answer is kind of why Seth, yeah. Seth Green only has only has 40 million. And it could be too that he's like a showbiz kid so maybe he just said I have this money going to put it in a bag I'm not even going to touch it you know what I mean like he know he yeah. knew better than to go and waste it. That's yeah. interesting. Cuz he's had a pretty uneventful life Seth Green for being a child actor. Yeah, he seems like one of the most like normal no drugs, ones. no nothing. Yeah. He got married, he's been married for 10 years. We might find out he's like Michael Jackson, right? He's looking at kids' buttholes. Yeah, but... let's hope not. But yeah, but uh, yeah. So all right, that's a good one, though. Damn, I, I'm I'm very surprised, but you know, 
Maybe in a good That's way. That's why we play the game. Yeah. It, it's, look, you don't play on paper, Ken. <laughs> paper champions. Paper tigers. <laughs> All right. So All right. Now, what do we got? We got to do, do the, the next yeah. movie? Yeah. We got to right. spin the wheel. So, and uh, can you pull up the, the Google Doc, or do you want me to do that? Uh, we got 91. So we'll say, I don't know, 90, I guess, because the first row is the thing. Mm-hmm. So we got 90, yeah. 90 titles right now. So say 91. Okay. Uh, and if so I, here we go. Okay. Live, live on tape. Generating number between 1 and 91. It is number 21. Roger Clemens. Yeah, right. Roger. Rocket. It just got to love it. 2 1. All right. So a little earlier in the alphabet. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I was going to laugh no matter what, but. This is one, it's probably been covered on a million podcasts, to be fair, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the year, 1985. Okay. Commando. Oh, my God. I don't even have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it has one of my favorite scenes of all time in it when he throws the, the saw oh, blade. The, to the guy's yeah, head. it gives the guy a crew cut or cuts his scalp. No, it cuts him straight in the middle. Of the, it's such a blatant cut to a dummy. It's so funny. Uh. God. That has that movie has some of the all time like Arnold Bynes. I know that's why I'm like I know other podcasts with that up, but I don't care. I don't know. I don't, I've never heard it. I know Gabrus's podcast, The Action Boys, did it. Um, oh yeah, that makes which, sense. Yeah, of course. Like, how could they not? It's um, probably one of the biggest action movies besides like <laughs> Predator. Yeah, it's it's a perfect this kind of movie that you've seen a million times. But I got to say, this is probably, in my opinion, the movie even he's even bigger in this than Predator. Like physically. Yeah, physically. Yeah. There's literally a scene of him carrying a tree, like, on his shoulder <laughs> I in think, the beginning. I think he realized maybe after this movie that he could be in movies, like, that this is going to continue and he doesn't need to just be enormous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's going to have yeah. to, like, act I mean, in a movie. I mean, he's huge in Predator, but, Cause, like... Because, like, like, Twins comes out about, in, what, 87? So, two years eight, after yeah, this? Eight, yeah, And that's when he's starting to become, like, what would be a normal human size for a person that size. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> wow, another low number. That's interesting. The random number generator. It does. It, yeah, it goes well a lot. I was curious. We maybe like next time we'll do like best of three or something. Like not or like the third one. Or we could we it, could just jumble the list too. We could just take it out of alphabetical order. Yeah, that's yeah. We have to do something like that. Well, you know, this I, is a great movie. To I know how we'll do it. So like as we move down the list, we'll move across the spreadsheet, and we'll just the list will get shorter as we take movies out. And we'll put them in. We'll just randomize it. Perfect. Yeah, we'll fix it. All right. You got anything else? <laughs> no. I don't think so. I was like, I feel like I wrote something down, but now I don't. I don't gonna look. Oh, I do. I was gonna. Okay. So uh, one of the things I've been wanting to do on this, which I haven't been able to do, because Siskel and Ebert have not reviewed this, any of the movies on TV oh, that we, God. which is hilarious, because this seems like a prime target. There's nothing coming out in August. Um, so. Instead of that, we're going to watch really quick. We're going to watch Siskel and Ebert play Duck Hunt. Oh. Because it made me laugh. And uh, since we don't have what we need, we'll do this. I guarantee Commando's in there, though, so that'll be good. Let's move on to another one of the hot items that they're going to be selling in the Christmas store, in the uh, stores this Christmas. This is the Nintendo Entertainment System. And Why are they doing retail? I have no idea. Why are they reviewing toys products? Toys were a dollar or two. Yes. Amazing. You got a, we we a, got them too. A slinky, you know, or a gyroscope or something. <laughs> gyroscope. <laughs> a gyroscope. This is the, this is the console here. You plug in the Duck Hunt. You push this button, 
And uh, here we go. <laughs> like, you got, Roger, you got <laughs> Roger Ebert's like not a stupid guy, but like he looks like he's losing his mind. Here they come. Okay, here they come. I got one. No, you didn't get any. I didn't. I got. You didn't get any. Zero. Oh, there he is. He's laughing. Here come two more ducks. You did not get any. One I got duck. one. I got one. Okay. He's right on top of the TV. Yeah, you, you should be getting everyone from that. Even visual duck. No, no, we don't. No. Okay, you got one. You I got, got two. two. Oh. Siskel never misses. Siskel. Thank two you. Sharp, sharp shooter. He's a hunter. In honor of Commando. Okay, got them all. Okay, now I want to ask you something. Yeah. Right now yeah. on the show, because yeah. we rehearsed this just a second ago. Yeah. You've never missed a duck yet. Yeah. Now, you told me there was a secret to the game. There is a secret to the what game. What is the I figured secret out. to the game? Because I haven't been able to. All right. To I went to military school. I know how to shoot. <laughs> here's what you do. What? You aim a little bit below where you think you should aim. Aim a little bit below and look through the crosshairs. These are uh -huh. crosshairs. Yeah. Uh -huh. So then you can never miss. Okay. okay. So what do you think? I'm going to make a great soldier. Just. But I, uh, you know, Nintendo's like, you piece of shit. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I don't know how many games you get well, with you this get thing. Two games you get nothing. You get nothing. You get bupkis. I'll only tell you this. The shooting of the duck hunt was fun to do. Mm -hmm. This is probably one of the games that we enjoyed playing the most. One of the funny things is these video games like, are back. Why in the are they doing again. this? Like, what is? Where is this happening? Is this like the Today Show? Maybe they were just like so big they were able. It's kind of they were getting hired to do anything. Bring it back every where they were used to. New market for it. This is basically what that is. I mean, they, I'm sure they were that huge. Oh, it was Cisco and Ebert's 1987 holiday gift guide. Huh? Why not? Go. Why not? I mean, Consumer Reports. Cisco uh, and Ebert? They know a lot about toys. I, I, I mean, I guess they're thinking home entertainment, maybe. Like, yeah, I guess that was for adults too. That's so because I, I, I saw the master system behind them too, the Sega, the original. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Well, there you go, Ken. So, in lieu of a review, <laughs> well, that was fun. Well, next time we're gonna do Cisco and Ebert thumbs up, thumbs down. We're gonna have to make our bets. So okay. be ready. So just keep that in mind as I'm you ready. watch. All right. I don't know if I believe you. Ebert hates everything. Well, we'll so. see. We'll see. <laughs> I know he's going to hate Commando. That's <laughs> I think there's like a part of him that loves movies like this. I think he just like goes like, dad? yeah, he's just like, these are stupid and they're supposed to be stupid. And I like okay. it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So that brings us to the end of episode three, Can't Buy Me Love. Join us next time for Commando. The feature presentation. Commando. Manu. Manu. I always forget <laughs> Manu.